Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Underdogs and Weirdos, a six-week nursing internship at hospice, written by L.S. Harvey. Sonia learns a lot about life from hospice. A summer with terminal patients wasn't what Sonia had in mind when she signed up for her school's nursing internship program. With no previous exposure to death or dying, Sonia joins the ragtag team at Tender Hands Hospice, your best last resort, and becomes the center of attention to the oddball nurses who work in end-of-life care. Over six weeks, Sonia finds herself passed around a variety of preceptors while facing her fears of corpses, patient nudity, and the strange quirks of one sugar-addicted nurse. Given the choice to sink or swim, Sonia struggles to keep afloat, only to discover through a series of bizarre and heartbreaking patient encounters that it takes more than a set of skills to be a nurse. Six weeks of laughter, eccentric nursing humor, and bittersweet moments. Six weeks to show what she's made of. And six weeks to learn that there's more life in hospice than she thought. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Underdogs and Weirdos. Chapter 1. Sonia. Sonia looked at the decal on the door and compared it to the one on her paper. They were the same. Damn it. There went excuse number two for giving up and going home. Excuse number one would have been running out of gas, but her traitorous car, normally dependably undependable, had made the journey on fumes. Excuse number three was a locked office door, and number four was falling and breaking a leg. After number four, the excuses grew desperate. Relatives dying unexpectedly, vortexes opening in space, or developing spontaneous amnesia. For the umpteenth time, Sonia reminded herself how badly she needed this internship. Employers didn't care about B-average students. She needed references and experience. Any experience would do. Sure, this wasn't her first choice, or her second, third, or fourth. In fact, her input hadn't been considered. Her teacher, Mrs. Wright, had made the assignments. The options were accept or decline, and decline wasn't an option for Sonia. A summer with dying people. Hooray! If only she had a classmate to share in her misery, but the assignment was for one person only. It didn't seem fair. Somehow, she'd been singled out again. Yes, it was true she had the social graces of a brick and the anxiety of a paranoid squirrel, but she did what she could to be friendly. Unfortunately, her friendliness came off as desperate and awkward. For now, she was stuck with her study group of one and lunch dates with Thomas, her cat. Sonia sighed and read the name on her paper again. Tender Hands Hospice. Of all the options for a nursing internship, why did it have to be morbid, depressing, gloomy old hospice? And what kind of nurses would work there? Weirdos and rejects, Sonia reasoned, then frowned. If that were true, what did that say about her? Were the terminally inept sent to work with the terminally ill? Terminal. She shuddered. She hated that word. It sounded so irrevocably final. Sonia had never seen someone die outside of TV and movies, 
She wondered what death would be like in real life. Were people really conscious to their last breath? What do dead people look like? How fast does rigor mortis set in? For every question without an answer, her pulse sped up a notch. She took a deep breath to calm down. Facing the glass door, Sonya studied her reflection and grimaced. Olive oil was staring back at her. She had a long, gangly body dressed in nursing school scrubs and stringy black hair in a bun. Blowing a strand of loose hair out of her face, she mentally prayed, Come on, number three, and tugged on the door. Crap! Of course it would be open. Air conditioning blasted her with heavenly chill. She choked an orgasmic-like gasp. 92 degrees at 9 in the morning, the day would peak at 103. Summers in the California Valley were hell. Just short of a climate-controlled-induced climax, Sonia noticed a receptionist with an upturned nose eyeing her from behind an oak desk. "'Can I help you?' the woman asked kindly. She wore a telephone headset and a welcoming smile, and her voice was like honey to the ear. Her wooden desk name plaque read Debbie. "'Hi. Uh, yes,' Sonia began articulately and held out her school badge, which was clipped to her top. "'I'm Sonia. I'm here for the internship position.' With a flick of a switch, Debbie's face fell flatter than roadkill, and the honey in her voice turned to sludge. "'Uh, hold on,' she said, dialing an extension. "'Newbie's here.' She mumbled into the receiver and hung up. "'Chris will be out in a sec. Take a seat.' Sonia stared. This had to be a record. No one had taken such an immediate dislike to her before. That usually came after introductions. Backing away slowly, unsure of what she'd done, she took a plush seat by the window. Her hands resting in her lap of two unbroken legs, she dismissed excuse number four. Pinching her knees together, Sonya glanced around for a bathroom. She'd gone four times in the last two hours. Her bladder was working in overdrive. The canvas pictures on the walls provided some distraction. The trouble was her brain warped the images, distorting each photo with cynicism. Where a nurse held the hand of a sleeping patient in bed, Sonya saw a nurse checking for a pulse. The smiling faces of families were sneers of contempt, and the hospice employees were grim reapers in scrubs. Swallowing dryly, Sonya stilled her mind, an agitated leg bouncing up and down like a jackhammer. Her brain was running away with her again. How lucky were the other students in her class? While she waited here, panicking, they were at the hospital, or surgery centers, or, in one case, a GI clinic. Lucky Jackie. Six weeks of colons beat this. There'd be no IV insertions for Sonya. No G-tubes, J-tubes, tube feeding, or suction. No ventilators or high-tech equipment. Sonya scratched her head, struck by a thought. What exactly did hospice do? From out of the hall to the side of Debbie's desk, a woman waddled over with a chubby arm outstretched. Are you Sonya? she asked. Sonya nodded, unable to speak. Visually, there was a lot to be processed. For starters, even sitting down, Sonya had the advantage of height. Her boss for the summer was a dwarf. 
As if that weren't enough to set the woman apart, Christine's outsides matched her insides. She outshined the sun. Short hair dyed to a crimson red flame topped a round head, and around her neck was a chunky red necklace. She wore ruby red eyeshadow and lipstick to match, along with glitter on her rouge-tinted cheeks. There were French tips on her nails, painted red with gold flakes, and her earrings shimmered and tinkled as they dangled. The woman's flamboyance could blind a mole in the dark. I'm Christine, she said brightly. I'm the clinical manager. If smiles were contagious, Sonia said hello to patient zero. Christine overflowed with good cheer. Feeling uncomfortably tall, Sonia hesitated to stand, pondering proper little person etiquette. Christine sensed her reluctance and, yanking her up to her feet, embraced her in a hug around her middle. Stiff as a crowbar, Sonia froze at the contact. Her bubble of personal space had been popped. Sorry, Christine let her go. We're huggers at hospice. Sonia's gaze flickered to Debbie. Debbie didn't look like a hugger. Christine caught the quick glimpse at the receptionist and let out a chuckle. Don't mind Debbie. Once you get past the resting bitch face, she's really a very sweet person. Blinking, Sonia couldn't think of a response. I can't help it, Debbie replied and covered her face. The phone at her desk rang, and pressing a button on her headset, she answered. Tender Hands Hospice, this is Debbie. How may I help you? The switch flicked from grumpy to charming, her breathy voice sweet. Sonia watched, stupefied into silence. Amazing, isn't it? Christine asked blithely. We love her. Debbie uses her powers for good. She nudged Sonia with her elbow. Come on, I'll show you the office. Walking mutely after Christine, they entered a stark white hallway. The effort at decor had been confined to the lobby. Here, the bland walls were blank slates framing doors. Today we'll go through the training videos and paperwork, but before we do that, I'd like you to meet some of our staff. There should still be a few hanging around. By the way, Christine peered up at her from below the cloud line. How old are you? Twenty, Sonia replied, quite used to the question. No one ever believed she was in college. Oh, good. I was worried for a second. Thought I'd mixed you up with a high school volunteer. Yep, that sounds about right. Christine held open a door at the end of the hall to a room encircled by cubicles. Decorated with knickknacks and newspaper clippings, each desk belied the character of its owner. They were tidy or sloppy, well-decorated or cluttered, and one teetered dangerously close to collapsing, bowing under a truckload of paperwork. A massive month-long calendar recorded time off for the staff, and a collage of thank-you cards swayed from the ceiling. At a white plastic folding table in the center of the room, four women sipped on coffee and tea. They wore dark green scrub tops with plain black pants and had name badges clipped to their collars. Come on, the beach? That's boring, said one woman, who spoke with her hands as much as her mouth. She spotted Christine and asked, Seven days to live. What would you do? Hmm, Christine tapped her chin thoughtfully. I think I'd go to Vegas and get a lap dance. I've always wanted to get one. 
I was too chicken at my sister's bachelorette party. Now, that's how you spend your last days on Earth. Your turn, Max. What would you do? A middle-aged woman with platinum blonde hair rubbed her temples in a circular motion. It was too early for seven days to live. I don't know, Sam. Duct tape your mouth shut and save her one week of peace? Please, you'd need the whole week just to catch me. Sonia listened, bemused by the hypothetical game. A young black woman with a flawless complexion raised her manicured hand. Okay, I take back my answer. I'll skip the beach and take a flight to New York and then Paris and then shop until I pass out. While I'm doing that, I want a temple erected in marble, complete with a sarcophagus, and I want to be buried with everything I buy. Sam applauded the alteration. That's more like it. You'll be like King Tut, but with Prada. You're up, Seema. That's easy, said a woman with olive skin and dark eyes. I'd visit my family in Indiana. Sonia could tell by Sam's scoffing expression that she was underwhelmed by the answer. Oh, fine. I've always wanted to stay at Hearst Castle with my husband. A night to ourselves. Maybe we could sneak into the pool. Nodding her head, Sam high-fived Seema over the table. Ladies, Christine called the women to attention. I want to introduce you to our first student intern. This is Sonia. She's in the RN program at Western College, and she'll be with us for the next six weeks. Sonia looked at the group and waved hello, then lowered her arm, feeling stupid. Sam spoke up first. Chris, that's a high school student. To Sonia, she said, Did she kidnap you and promise you credits? Wink if you're under duress. Hush, Sam, Chris chided. Don't pretend you didn't check. I'm sorry, Sonia. We've taught her to sit, stay, and speak, but we're still struggling with no. Chris and Sonia took two chairs at the table, joining the small group of women. Sonia, this is Max, Seema, Kelly, and Sam. She pointed to the individual women in turn. Max and Seema are RN case managers. They smiled politely. Kelly is one of our LVNs and Max's partner. Kelly wiggled her fingers. And Sam is our admissions nurse. Sam didn't look up from unwrapping his Snickers. Oh, goodness, look at those school scrubs. Purple and black. How nice. When I was in school, I had to wear all white. Max reached out and shook Sonia's hand. How can she live in the city and still be so pale? Thirty years spent in the desert, and Max was still as pale as a geisha. Laugh lines wrinkled the corners of her eyes, and she had the beginnings of white streaks in her hair. Seema said, Hello, her voice mellow and soft. Lightly, she met Sonia's grip. You're so young to be in nursing school. I remember when I was a baby nurse, Kelly sympathized. She looked like Nurse Barbie, fresh out of the box. Her black hair immaculately styled. Her scrubs were pressed. Her skin was unblemished. And her makeup was utterly perfect. This is not a baby nurse, Sam corrected to Sonia's short-lived relief. Baby nurses have graduated. She's more like a fertilized egg. Let's call her Eggy. Tearing open Arisa's, Sam inhaled the treat whole. Despite the obvious addiction to candy, Sam's scrubs were loose-fitting. 
The onrush of sugar made her speak in fast forward, and her voice projected with the power of a bullhorn. Indoor voice, Sam, and we're not calling her that, Christine countered, patting Sonya reassuringly on the back. This declaration had zero impact on Sam, who henceforth dubbed Sonya as newbie. Don't worry about Sam, Max said graciously. She's annoying, but I think you'll have a good time. Maxine will be one of your preceptors, Christine explained, scooting around in the chair with some difficulty, unable to reach the floor with her feet. So, you got stuck with hospice. Where did everybody else get to go? Sam asked tactlessly, ignoring Christine's shushes. Sonia replied to the table, not raising her eyes. Most went to St. Matthew's. They had the most spots. A couple of people went to a surgery center on Wilkes, and a few others were assigned to home health. One girl went to the GI clinic on First Street. Seriously? Six weeks of staring at rectums? Sam mimed, shooting herself in the head. Well, too bad you're stuck here with us. Sam! Christine and Max yelled at the same time. This had to be a frequent occurrence because she didn't even flinch. She's not stuck here with us. You'll make her sad that she came. Christine tried to frown, but it didn't come naturally. She settled for pressing her lips into a thin line. What? This isn't the place people want to go for an internship. We don't do any of the invasive stuff they do in the hospital. Plus, hospice? Really? For Christ, uh-uh. Max and Kelly cut her off, Max fingering the cross on her necklace. What I'm saying is college teaches jack shit about hospice. Unless she's had a family member on service, no chance she's not clueless. Am I right? Shrinking from the expectant gaze of five sets of eyes, Sonia mumbled weakly, I know it's end-of-life care. That's right, Christine exclaimed, clapping her hands. Sam licked and sucked candy bits out of her teeth. Ever see a dead body? Sam! Mortified, Christine shooed her away. I know you have work you should be doing. As if on cue, Debbie's monotone voice slumped out through the office PA. Sam, phone call, line one. I'm not saying it again. Shrugging, Sam stood and picked up the phone at a cubicle. Max, Kelly, and Seema got up as well. As Sonia watched them head out to work with Christine at her hip, she came to a conclusion about hospice. Definitely weirdos. Six weeks with these weirdos to go. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Underdogs and Weirdos. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.